I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. You can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Um, this time around, we're going to take a look at Joe Burrow's contract situation. Um, the expectation has been that at some point before the start of the 2023 regular season, Joe Burrow would become the league's highest-paid player. Currently, that is Lamar Jackson at $52 million per year. Um, his deal has $135 million fully guaranteed and $185 in overall guarantees. He signed a five-year deal as the Baltimore Ravens franchise player. And the deal was announced right before the NFL draft started on April 27th. Everything had been pretty quiet in terms of Burroughs contract situation and we got our first new news yesterday um, that was when on Monday yesterday is what I mean when Bengals owner Mike Brown and director of player personnel both sto- spoke at the um, annual Bengals training camp luncheon and Brown basically said he wants to get the deal done as uh, soon as possible and he's not shocked where things were because they're highly competent people um, dealing with the situation. Um, Tobin basically was going to be tight-lipped and said, I'm not going to give any updates. Maybe there are people here that will. He didn't have any updates in the contract negotiation. They're guys they'd like to get re-signed. Um, besides Burrow, that's a uh, primarily wide receiver T. Higgins, um, linebacker um, Logan Wilson. I mean, we want them low here long term. I think they know uh, that we'll see what happens as we go, but that's the only date I have. I won't be giving any blow by blows here, so um, going to be pretty uh, tight lipped. Now, Burrow is scheduled to make five million five hundred forty-five thousand eighteen dollars in 2023 on an eleven million five hundred fifteen thousand forty-three dollar cap number. Four million five hundred thirty-five thousand eighteen dollars. Of Burrow's salary, the rest is in his league one league minimum, which is 1.01 um, million. That's his base salary. Is a third day of training camp roster bonus. So if they want to be able to have that little over four five four point five million not be a cap charge, they have to get that done in the next couple of days. Um, once the training camp roster bonus date. Passes third day of training camp. They open on Tuesday, Thursday. Um, that's stuck. That happened with, with um, Josh Allen. That he had a training camp roster bonus. They didn't get the deal done before the training camp roster bonus date. 
So they had to work around it. Now, one of the theories is that Burrow and Justin Herbert are both kind of waiting to see who goes first because I've always thought that whichever one of those two, and Burrow, I was the first overall pick in 2020, Herbert, the sixth overall pick in 2020, whoever went last would end up getting the better deal. That the guy went first, that would become the baseline for the other guy. Um, so I was sitting like that in 2020. I mean, 2018, I should say. Um, players are two different positions, but both guys will get to the quarterback. Um, Aaron Donald, interior defensive lineman, had been a defensive player of the year. At that point, Khalil Mack, edge rusher. Uh, had been a defensive player of the year. Donald got his deal done. Um, and he could barely been dry. And this was like right at the end of training camp, um, into the preseason games, back when he had four preseason, preseason games. He became the first $20 million per year non-quarterback at $22.5 million per year. A few days later, um, Khalil Mack gets traded from the Raiders to the Bears. Signs for $23.5 million per year. So he used that deal as a template. Both signed six-year extensions. So that's the um, dynamic that could be in play here. Burrow himself had made uh, comments about his deal um, back in May. And at the time, Burrow said he was going to keep his teammates into consideration in his extension talks and that he'd been involved in discussions. That was, that was in mid-May. And Jamar Chase, his number one receiver and teammate at um, LSU, had said he knows what he has to do to win. He wants to win. He's a winning guy. He's a quarterback that's not always interested in money and all that other stuff. He just wants to win. That kind of led to some speculation that he's going to do the uh, Patrick Mahomes type thing. And Mahomes signed a 10-year extension in 2020 where he's under contract for 12 years for $450 million, maxed out at $475 million with incentives. Now, when you talk about, and the thing is the cash flow in this deal that Mahomes did, and it's very backloaded. It wasn't very impressive compared to other quarterback deals. Um, what it did do was in most years, there's most of the money in these early March roster bonuses. And in the early parts of the deal, the roster bonuses become fully guaranteed two years in advance. And then as the deal goes on, then one year in advance, um, the way you counted the guarantees in this deal is it was a little over 141 million in total guarantees, and what's guaranteed at signing was just over 60 million. At the time, the most fully guaranteed at signing was 94.5 million. The basic, the 141 million 481,905 in overall guarantees was an NFL record at the time. You don't, you don't include the roster bonuses is a part of the guarantees because they weren't guaranteed for injury once you got past the ones that weren't. They were just they would become secure if he was on the roster on a certain date. So they were unguaranteed, unsecured, then would become completely secure early. Now 
Mahomes only got six million more over his remaining two years than he was uh, than if he played out his rookie contract twenty and twenty twenty one. Now, if you look at some other deals that have been done within a year or two of that one, and particularly rookies, you had Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, um, who signed for thirty three and a half million per year and thirty two point eight million um, per year in two thousand nineteen. Got thirty million and twenty nine point six million, and they signed with two years left on their rookie contract as well, um, more than they were supposed to make um, if they played out the rookie contract. So big disparity there. Even Miles Garrett, um, edge rusher, became the first twenty five million dollar per year um, non quarterback in twenty twenty. Got twenty three point seven five million over those two years he had left on his rookie contract. So that's seventeen point seven five million more than what Mahomes had uh, in new money over the first two years. So we got low cash flow in Mahomes' deal, and it's backloaded. He's getting basically 44% of the new money through the first new first five new contract years. So um, it averaged $39.55 million through the first new five uh, contract years. Um, 56% is in the last five contract years. And he didn't hit the $40 million per year mark until 2027. Now, the idea was to put this deal out there so high that it would keep pace with the quarterback market, um, at least early on. And that hasn't been the case. Um, didn't take long for people to start using the various points of this deal as benchmarks. Because when Josh Allen did a six-year extension... His idea was, I want to be more than where Mahomes was. After his six new years, which is 42.95, that's how he got to $43 million per year. When Deshaun Watson signed his first deal with the uh, Texans, same year, um, it came in at $39 million per year. And that was the top where Mahomes was um, after four new years. Then the quarterback market just started taking off. Um, Aaron Rodgers becomes the first $50 million per year um, player in the NFL last year. The deal averaging 50.271 million. Then we had this year, um, Jalen Hurts joined him in the 50 million dollar per year club at 51 million per year. Then Lamar Jackson at 52 million per year. Then last year, um, after Rodgers signed, Kyler Murray, 46.1 uh, million per year. You have Deshaun Watson gets that five-year deal at 46 million per year. Russell Wilson, 49 million per year. So Mahomes is now seventh. Uh, after these two deals get done, he'll be ninth um, if they get done this year. And the Chiefs know they're going to have to do something with uh, Mahomes' deal because it hadn't, helped, hadn't kept pace with the market. So if you were going to go um, this whole Patrick Mahomes thing, you got to keep in mind when he signed that model, that he, when he signed, the uh, highest paid player was Russell Wilson. He goes from 45, and he's at 35 million per year. 45 million to 35 million is 28.6 million as the increase. So, one, I wouldn't do the Mahomes deal um, if I'm Joe Burrow and and his agent, Brian Irock. Certainly ain't going to be pushing for this. The only way this gets, you get a deal like this is you got to remember the agent works for the client, not the other way around. And it's going to be directed by Burrow. Burrow would have to tell Brian Irock. I want to do something like Patrick Mahomes. But if you're really going to do something like Patrick Mahomes, then 
you're going to have to be almost 30% more than where the market is now at $52 million per year. And this is something that um, Mike Brown has expressed some affinity for how the Chiefs handle Mahomes deal. He said he said on multiple occasions, I sort of like how Mahomes said he doesn't care about what these guys are getting. This was last July. He's set for life with what he's got. And why isn't that a good way to look at it? I'm thinking, uh, I'm, I'm thinking. So that's why I'm not ruling it out. It only gets done if it's directed by Burrow. <laughs> but if you're talking similar increase as what Mahomes got over the marketplace on a 10-year extension, you're going to be looking at like $67.5 million per year. So where are we now? We're at 52. $67.5 million per year over the $52 million that uh, Lamar Jackson has. That's 29.8. That's right there up to 28.6. So you're going to be talking like a $675 million per year deal. <laughs> $675 million total deal on the extension. And then when you, uh, if you add what he has left to his contract, so it would be basically a little over $710 million over 12 years. And if you add built-in incentives and the incentives that, um, Mahomes had 25 million in incentives. I'd want 50 yeah, to do this. Um, may not necessarily want them to be based on winning a Super Bowl or MVP, which is what um, the 2.5 that Mahomes has each year is um, based on. But you probably, if you're going to do a deal like this, you plugging it into the Mahomes structure, you probably come out with about 205 million in overall guarantees but you'd only have like 88 fully guaranteed at signing and as i said Hertz is at 110 and Jackson's at 120 at 135 fully guaranteed at signing um so you get a break that way um you don't have 9 million more of new money through his existing contract years. Hertz has 20, which is even low, because um, this deal is flat um, for the most part, or neutral. He's got a five-year extension, meaning of the new money. After the second new year, he's got 40%, then 60%, then 80% in each successive year. So, if you look at uh, Kyler Murray, on the deal he signed, he's got $33.8 million of new money. And he has signed of two years left on his rookie contract through the remaining years. So if you got Burrow of $9 million of new money through these remaining years, then that's going to be very team-friendly in the structure. Now, you'd probably have like a $16 million signing bonus in a structure like this <laughs> if you were going to go this route. <laughs> um, and then through the first five years... Um, you'd probably be averaging less than $60 million. You'd probably be like at $58.5 million per year um, through the first five years. Um, the cash would stay, overall cash would stay low. Um, just kind of plugging in the numbers, like uh, his cash through the first three new years, which would be five years total, would be like the $205 million. Um, so the cash flow would work out in, the, in favor 
of the Bengals. But if you're going to go this route, the one thing I would want to do to avoid the Mahomes problem, where you're going to be outdated, there would have to be some sort of way for Mahomes to void out of the con not Mahomes Burrow to void out of the contract if he's still playing at a high level. And since Mahomes is on the verge of dropping out of the top ten, he's gone in a span of three years from the highest paid to seventh to probably will be ninth. Uh, one thing I would want, I would be very concerned about and want to protect is against him dropping out of the top ten. And I know 67.5 million seems like it's an outrageous number when we're at 52 right now per year. 45 seemed like an outrageous number in 2020 when Russell Wilson was at 35 and then the market just went haywire. I want to protect against that. So um, maybe if he's named to these Pro Bowl games on the original ballot in the immediate prior season two times or maybe it's or something else wins an MVP uh, Bengals win a Super Bowl or statistically he's top five in certain categories there's got to be some mechanism at some point where he has the where he has the option to get out of the deal wouldn't necessarily have to automatically void if he hits the trigger but he'd have the option where he'd have to affirmatively decide I'm going to void these years um and it would probably be after the initial um, proration would end. Because um, right now, as you know, you can prorate signing bonus over five years. That'd be, you can prorate through 2027 right now. I, well, with um, the homes deal, since the money's been in, um, a lot of money's been in roster bonuses, they've restructured a couple of years. They've kicked the can down the road. But that'd be the basic idea if we if it ended up going this Patrick Mahomes route, and as I said, I think the only way you get the Mahomes type deal, the 10-year deal, is Burrow's going to have to tell his agent to do it, and I wouldn't, I would feel very uncomfortable doing it under any circumstance, but particularly if you didn't follow the exact Mahomes blueprint, where I'm getting about 30% more in the market, it's not, it's, to me, it's not worth considering anyway, um, but if you are, that's about where it would have to be to me. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, now getting away from this Patrick Mahomes type contract idea where you're going to be averaging $67.5 million per year and having 
over $50 million in a lot of cases in your per game roster, in your March roster bonuses, there are some challenges in doing a more conventional deal. Now, ideally, from Burroughs' perspective, you'd want to do a four-year extension where you're under contract for six total years. You have the two years left on your contract. But that's not where the quarterback market has gone. Um, we've seen the last few high-end deals, the exclusion of Aaron Rodgers, have been five years, like in Lamar's case, there weren't any years, remaining years left on his contract. Or you're giving up five new years. Kyler Murray had two years left on his contract. Seven is He's in the same place these guys are in terms of his career when he signed it after three years. Two years left on his rookie contract, five new years, seven total years under contract. Uh, Russell Wilson, two years left on his contract, five new years. Jalen Hurts, contract year, five new years. So we're probably going to be talking about a five-year extension in a traditional, conventional matter manner. So that's going to be the two years that you're existing and five new years. You're already under contract 23 through 24. Then you're going to tack on 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. So you're under contract through 2029 um, in this case. Now, that's not going to be the big sticking point. The Bengals, the way they structure contracts, they're in the dark ages structurally. Now, the Bengals, what they do in veteran contracts is your only true guaranteed money is your signing bonus. And they do have these third or fifth day of the league year roster bonuses in March that are unsecured that are supposed to be substitutes for additional contract guarantees. But you can still get cut and I get the money because there's no guarantees associated with those. Um, the only other team that does that is the Green Bay Packers. They made one exception. Aaron Rodgers. Everybody else, same thing that the Bengals do. The Steelers used to do that. They made a change a couple years ago with T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt was the first Steelers player to get traditional guarantees. Signing bonus, base salary guarantees, where the amount is fully guaranteed at signing, or the injury guarantee could convert to being fully guaranteed. They didn't. They, they'd never done that before until T.J. Watt. So... I suspect if you're doing a traditional deal with Joe Burrow considering Hertz, $180 million in overall guarantees, Laura Jackson, $185 million overall guarantees, and you've got 110 fully guaranteed at signing with um, Hertz and 135 fully guaranteed at signing with Lamar Jackson, you got to set the new precedent, just like Pittsburgh did with Watt, um, with uh, Joe Burrow. And Pittsburgh, what they did was they gave a record for a non-quarterback for the amount fully guaranteed at signing, $80 million. You're not going to do that, set a record for the amount fully guaranteed at signing with um, Burrow because you got that Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed contract for $30 million. So that's out of the question. So you're probably going to be looking to beat the $135 million fully guaranteed at signing with um, 
Jackson and his 185 million total guarantees. Now, the Bengals seem to have been preparing for this because uh, they did naming rights last year the first time with Paycor Payroll Company in Cincinnati um, gave the naming rights away. So that and then brought in more sponsors, thinking that they would be anticipating a borough deal where they're going to have to establish a new precedent. Pittsburgh's done it for another player since uh, Watt with Mika Fitzpatrick, but um, that's probably the route that is going to have to be gone. Now, from a traditional sense, um, Burrow becomes the highest paid player on a conventional deal, not the Mahomes where you got to throw it out there so far that you try to keep him from being outdated which hasn't happened with Mahomes, there is a precedent for that, which is why people, which is why him, Burrow becoming the highest paid player is almost a given, should he choose to do that. Carson Palmer, 2003, was first overall pick, um, signed a six-year extension, averaging $16,166,167 per year. And that was at the end of his third regular season, right before the end of his third regular season, 2005. And... Back then, you could extend rookie contracts after two years, so he hadn't actually completed three years. Made him the highest-paid player. Um, obviously, Burrow's been better than um, Carson Palmer was. Um, one thing that he has done, putting personal uh, individual statistics aside, is Cincinnati's got five playoff wins in the last two seasons, and that's as many as they've had in the whole franchise's existence, and it's going into year 56. And they had in their first in their first 52 years. So, <laughs> become the highest paid player. We haven't seen much of a um, increase in the market, particularly with the last couple of deals. When Rogers topped Mahomes, it was 11.7 percent more on average, 50 million two hundred seventy-one thousand six hundred sixty-seven dollars over 45 million. But when we're talking Hertz over Rogers. Hertz at 51 million, that's a 1.45% increase. Lamar Jackson over Hertz, 52 to 51, that's basically 2%. If you look at the recent trend, this suggests from the last two deals done this year, Burrow's going to come in at 53. That'd be a 1.92% increase. I wouldn't want that. I would. Obviously, you're not going to get 11% more than Lamar Jackson. But I'd be looking to try to get $55 million per year if I'm Burrow. And if you average the the average increase of the last three increases, which would be, would be taking Mahomes, uh, Rogers, I should say Rogers over Mahomes, Hurts over Rogers, Jackson over Hurts, that puts you at 4.79%. That puts you at about $54.5 million per year. Um, but I really want to go 55 million. That'd be my magic number, 55 million per year. That'd be a 275 million dollar extension over five years. Now, then the other problem is going to be cash flow. How's this thing work from a cash standpoint? Um, I'd imagine Cincinnati, no matter what the number is, they're trying to shove this Hertz cash flow down Burrow's throat, and he's only got 7.8 percent of his new money through his existing contract year this year. That's low. And they did this weird structure where it's all have an option bonus each year, so they're converting. They're basically doing 
the salary conversion that you do in March early by putting everything but minimum base salary into option bonuses, which are going to keep getting prorated. They've added a bunch of voiding dummy years so they can keep stretching out the proration. So this is the most extreme structure I've ever seen of option bonuses. I don't think Bengals are going there. They typically don't do option bonus deals. But he's got 23.5% of the new money through the first new year, which is low. 25 would be flat. I mean, 20, it's actually low, but 20, 20% would be flat. It's usually much higher than that. You're usually pushing 30%. Like Lamar Jackson has got 31% of his money through his first new year. Then it's 40, 60, 80, 100. That's, that's kind of low. Um, but I imagine they're trying to stick Burrow with that structure. Jackson, he's at 31%. Through the first year, 43.3. Then it gets flat, 60, 80, 100. I wouldn't really want that either. Ideally, what you want is to be in that 30 to 32% range of your uh, new money after the first year. You want to be about 45 after the second new year, around 62. Or if you can get above that, great. Doesn't happen too often. Um... 80 to 81 after the fourth new year. Um, So that's going to be another issue. Now, if the Bengals are going to stick to their guns and they're going to want to not do what the Steelers did, this deal gets very hard to do. Because the only way I can see this thing getting done, you'd have to set a record signing bonus. And right now, the biggest signing bonus is Lamar Jackson's at $72.5 million. So if you want to keep to your, there's nothing guaranteed but the signing bonus, that's that's a tough deal to do. Um, we saw when Russell Wilson um, did his deal in 2019, he got a $65 million signing bonus, which was a record. Um, it topped Aaron Rodgers' $67.5 million signing bonus. That's about a 13% increase on the signing bonus. And that's a team that doesn't fully guarantee contract the base salary in the second year. Um, it's signing. They have it vest early, like fifth day of the waiver period, which is five days after the Super Bowl, the year two guarantee. The other guarantees come up in the year that they are as opposed to having the guarantees vest early. By that, I mean if you had a 2025 guarantee, the injury guarantee would convert to fully guaranteed in 2024 with Seattle. When that year comes up, 2025 is when the 2025 uh, injury guarantee becomes fully guaranteed. So he got the biggest signing bonus at the time in history as a record. If you've got... Hertz of 110 fully guaranteed at signing, and you've got Jackson at 135. If you don't want to do what Pittsburgh did with T.J. Watt and set that new precedent, $100 million signing bonus. Cap-wise, I don't even think that's possible because right now the Bengals have about 19-6 in cap space, according to the NFLPA. And when you make the switch, that's the top 51. When you make the switch to where everything is counting, in um, September 7th, the day of the league opener, that's about a three to five million dollar loss of cap space, depending upon how many people you get hurt, have or hurt. You had the 16 man practice squad, so the guy number of guys on IR, PUP, NFI, NFI, I mean non football illness list, PUP, 
physically unable to perform IR injured reserve. So that's about a three to five million dollar shift. So if you're talking a hundred million dollar signing bonus, that's twenty million dollars of proration right there. So that becomes very hard to do. And then you'd have to have the cash flow so front loaded and then stick major amounts of money in these uh, March roster bonuses that I don't really see how you you get the deal done because you'd have to have the deal ridiculously front-loaded. It would have to be something like through the first new year, like 37% of the money, like almost 50 through the fir- through the second new year. It'd be like 65, 66 through the third new year, and like 82% of the money through your fourth new year. It'd be so player-friendly on the cash flow that it kind of leads you to go to, we're going to set the precedent with Burrow, then hold the line on everybody else and do our traditional structure with everyone except Joe Burrow, which is what Green Bay does. Now, those are my thoughts on the Burrow contract. We'll see if this um, whole waiting to see who goes first dance exists, but if Burrow goes first, he's going to have to know that Herbert's probably going to beat it by some small amount. Um, I expect it to be, I don't think it's going to be the Holmes contract, could be surprised by that and if it's not 65 million per year or more it probably wasn't worth doing (laughs) to me um i expect the five-year deal uh just because of the way the market has uh formed up five new years under contract seven um overall guarantees probably approaching 200 amount fully guaranteed at signing upwards to 150 uh, minimum average 53 uh, really should be about 55 well that's it for this session of Inside the Cap don't forget you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel that's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-L and you can also read my regular CBSSports.com column agents take on NFL salary cap and contract matters thanks for listening and we'll see you back here next time goodbye